Hey, that's nice. Here we go. Hey, girl. You just tuned into the Britney Smith podcast. You're tuned in because either you're an entrepreneur, a mama, or both. And sometimes you just need a minute to, well, just be. And on this show, you'll get a lovely mixture of business and branding genius, faith and motivation. And if you're a mama, you understand conversations. Because let's be honest, we are fabulously multifaceted and amazing. So thanks for popping by. I'm really glad you're here. Girl, let's get into it here on the Britney Smith Podcast. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome back to the Britney Smith Podcast. And once again, we are on the road, but we are still here for another action-packed episode. I am super excited because as you guys know, if you have listened to the previous episode or any of the other episodes in season four, we are highlighting and gleaning from six-figure women, uh, women who have achieved the six-figure milestone in their business and are killing the game and are willing to share some nuggets with us as we are also looking to scale and grow our businesses. Um, And today I have my new friend, Miss Roberta Vigilance, and she is going to talk to us about how to to secure sponsors for your events. This is huge because hosting events is a great revenue producing thing that you can do in your business, especially if you are a knowledge-based entrepreneur, meaning that you're an expert in something and you decide to to make a business out of what you are an expert in. It's always a great idea to host some kind of events around your expertise. Um, And so, you know, events cost money, obviously, and we um, we need sponsorships. We need partners. We need people to help fund the vision. So today, Roberta's going to talk to us a little bit about that. Roberta, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Brittany. I appreciate it. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. So tell us, you kind of did a little bit earlier. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself, um, who you are. Tell us about your business and what you do. Okay. So Brittany, I started with I, I stumbled into the space of event sponsorship in the late 90s um, as I was planning events. Um, and I was doing it from the standpoint of wanting to help a community that was looking for some type of assistance to get into their career, right? And I jumped in hard first, right? I wanted to help this community. I had the network to help them. But then I the way that I wanted to activate helping them is by planning the events. And I realized that events cost money. And coming from a sales background, what I did was went to different companies and asked them for money. When I went to the corporate brands, that's when I got the no's. My companies in my community said yes. And that's when um, look going to these corporate brands that's when I learned about the word sponsorship that came into my realm I merged that with my background in sales changed up my language and here I am two decades later in the sponsorship realm wow 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 I love the fact that you know you're on one path 
and then you came into some knowledge, right? And then you adjusted and you pivoted so that you can use that knowledge to your advantage. Um, So ladies that are listening, I want you to just even take away that nugget um, that oftentimes we will be, you know, head first, we're trying to get something done when there are other ways to go about accomplishing the goal and we have to be open for when those opportunities show up and you seize the opportunity to learn more about sponsorships and how they work and how to utilize them for the events you're doing. Um, so, so tell us, uh, because many of the women listening have for-profit businesses, right? And the concern is always that corporate sponsors don't support for biz- for-profit business events. Is that true? Is it false? Where does that line get drawn? When I started in, my business is still is. When I started back then and it to today, it's still a for-profit business. I later learned that nonprofit are the ones who are seeking funding as well. So you can be, you know, it doesn't matter if you are a student, um, whereas my real estate course was sponsored by a broker. So you can also be an individual and uh, be able to secure a sponsor. So it doesn't matter if you are a for-profit or non-profit. What does matter is that you understand your target audience. Now, as a student, when I wanted to get my real estate license, I understood that I need to go to an industry or a professional that's within that, that topic or subject of real estate and target them to cover the fund of my course. So it's the same thing when you are a nonprofit. When I planned my uh, my fashion show, I target brands that wanted to be in front of that audience. So the first thing is to really understand whether you're a nonprofit or a profit, but let's stick with the for-profit, for is that you start off with, or one of the ways to start off is knowing your target audience. So it doesn't matter if you are a for-profit or a non-profit. Got you. So for example, if I am a beauty technician or, you know, a beauty stylist and I have my own salon and I want to host an event, I'm going to go to, let's say, you know, if I wanted to go like to a big box store, like Target, I know has a huge beauty thing going on, right? Um, Or I could go to a Revlon or Maybelline or something like that, where like you're saying, I serve females who want to look beautiful or whatever, and they, their product is for women as well. Um, You know, so ladies, if you're taking notes, which you ought to be, if you're taking notes, um, I want you to note that knowing your audience is huge. And we kind of talk about that in and out of a lot of our episodes, right? Because our base is branding and figuring out what our brand is and all of that. And knowing your audience, now we're finding out is the key to securing sponsorships. Um, so tell us, one of the keys, um, and, and excuse me for interject, interjecting yeah. me. The, the first thing I, I must say, the first thing for me, Brittany, is going back to understanding how sponsorship works. Because when I started coming from the sales background, what changed for me, you know, for Adidas, Tommy Hilfiger's, those brands, my, my corporate sponsors to open up their doors was to, un, uh, to understand the sponsorship language. So that's the first thing. Now in sales, you know, we always have to 
uh, to, to know who our target audience is. So the sales background help. So that's one of the one of the most important things to know when it comes to securing sponsors. One is to have the understanding of it. And another, yeah, is to definitely know your audience. Now, I don't know if this work is the same as in branding, but sometimes when you ask a person, you know, when I started as an entrepreneur and they ask, you know, who is your product for? And the answer was like, it's for everybody. But yeah, it, 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 yes, you know, but you're right, Brittany. No, it's not. Because let's take, you know, something like um, beauty with women, right? Not all women see beauty the same. Some, you know, if we go to um, a cosmetic company, some of us women, we cannot use that product maybe because we are allergic. So then we have to start to fine tune and know our audience and know what brand they are able to use and then target those types of brands, right? right? right. It's, it's glasses. I'm a person who wears glasses. Not everyone wear, you know, wears glasses. Now that can be a sponsor within, uh, even on your podcast, it can, it, it could be, but then you have to get not all of us because not everyone wears sponsors, but then you can get a niche out of your entire mask, uh, mass of demographic and just target those yeah with sponsorship it has to be a pure demographic right right and so that was going to be my next question you mentioned um understanding the language and the process let's talk about that like what what's some of the language that we're supposed to use like how do we go about this whole thing Right. So the first thing, um, as I mentioned, is definitely the understanding and the understanding of it is no one is knowing that you don't need to be um, in, in nonprofit. You know, you could be a for profit. The language for me is simple thing is when you go to a sponsor, you want to say things like, would you sponsor my event versus that? Will you donate? So I've read some sponsorship letter that start off really, really well you know, here's my demographic, here's stuff about my event. And then it, at the very end, the ending of it, they say, well, you know, we would really appreciate your donation. Um, and, and that's a red flag to, you know, some corporate sponsors, the seasons, season um, sponsorship professionals to say, you know, this person doesn't know what they're talking about because it's, most likely they will not get a return on the sponsorship is what it's saying. You're, you're asking for a hands out and that's not how sponsorship works. Ah, okay. Yeah, so, right, right. So really, like you just said, donation indicates handout, no return. Um, sponsorship indicates I'm putting, it, it's my, it really indicates advertisement in front of my audience, right? Like that you get an opportunity to be in front of my people and in return, you know, you can possibly get people to buy your product or whatever, but it's a business transaction versus a charity situation. Correct. In addition to with advertisement, which is still different from sponsorship, just as endorsement is, is different, right? Sponsors would fund your events or will fund your event for different reasons, such as to be, to advertise 
or I should say advertisement is an activation of a marketing strategy that you're offering them. Because just think of this, right? A, a company can go and place their ads in front of any anyone, right? And that's how advertisement works. If you watch a football game, you'll see an ad and you know, like a chocolate company, all of us can't eat chocolate, but they'll spend those millions of dollars to capture whatever demographic they can out of the out of the masses. Whereas with sponsorship, the advertisement can be one of those things that's within what you're offering the sponsor. Because now if it's a chocolate company and you're having an event with all chocolate lovers, they are now in front of their pure demographic, right? Mm -hmm. Of course, thinking about, you know, what type of chocolate they like, et cetera, et cetera. But the goal is to always to get them in front of their pure demographic, knowing that you have the relationship with their audience and they don't is, an, is a reason that they will sponsor you. Another one, what I did with Tommy Hilfiger, which is one of my favorite stories to share, is um, converting the perception of the Tommy Hilfiger brand when the rumor came out that he only made his clothing. He did not actually make his clothing for African-American, which I knew that was something was wrong with that because when I met Tommy Hilfiger um, in, live in person, I did not get that type of vibe from him. So um, companies will sponsor your event for many things. Another new thing is to Maybe you have access to technology, maybe going into Web3 and that sponsor does not. You can bring that sponsor along because now we have a lot of women who are getting into tech and they are, you know, very tech savvy. So if you're building a metaverse, let's say, let's bring some sponsors into your metaverse and choose the right sponsors to bring into your metaverse. And they will and they'll love that. Right, right. So essentially what I hear you saying is when you are considering looking for sponsors for your event, you're really matching your sponsors to your event and matching your, you know, matching them to your event and to your clientele that you're serving at the event. Um, so that that makes a whole lot of sense. So talk to us then about like once we've identified the sponsor, once we've identified the, the reasons why this is a good connection. Um, talk about some of the do's and don'ts when we are applying for sponsorships, some of the things we should do and then some of the things that we should avoid. Some of the things to do is definitely, now what I realize is the follow-up. Your follow-up game has to be strong. I mean, it probably was strong, you know, before uh, COVID, but this time it needs to be stronger. People are taking a longer time to respond. Now, with during COVID, at the heights of COVID in the beginning, for some reason, for me, I noticed people who answered their phones much faster. Nowadays, it's just taking a lot of time. So give yourself enough time to reach out to sponsors. So the time of your event to the time of you needing that funding, make sure you give yourself sufficient time. I say for a small event, you know, six months less. If you're doing a, a larger event and you need more money, then give yourself six months and up to a year and even two years is not soon, it's not sufficient. Another do is to, I want to say it's not, it's never 
giving yourself sufficient time. So two years is not far as you might think. It come up on you. It's going to come up on you. And then you also have the chance to get more sponsors and more time that you have. Mm-hmm. Another do is definitely you want to reach outside of your area if that sponsor product or service can um, reach your demographic. What I mean is you don't necessarily, if you're in the United States, you don't have to necessarily target sponsors within the United States. Go outside of the country, right? So that's some, something to uh, think about. Um, the don'ts for me is... Um, don't use the wrong words, right? You want to, right? Don't, don't do that. Um, what are some don'ts? That's, that's a good question, uh, Brittany. Um, you know what? Um, I'm going to come back on, that's a good question. I'm going to come back on what not, what not to do. Yeah, because right. I'm. I would imagine that there are some etiquette things. I mean, you mentioned the language. You know, not to use the wrong language. Um, you know, is there? And maybe this is a do. I'm not sure in terms of being persistent and following up. Right. Like, let's say you have one contact within the company and they're not getting back to you. Should we try to find someone else to connect with? You know, Definitely. should we? Yeah. Definitely. It's, and we don't want to get, and I'm a person like, you know, I'm a persistent, I'm, and I don't always do things how the uh, professionals will say to do it, the others, and I respect them. But if it doesn't work for me, then I, I don't, I don't do it. So yes, Brittany, if someone is not answering, find someone else because eventually it's going to get to that decision maker. So um, that the adequate part of it, if it's not, if it doesn't look right or, you know, it's not that it's just that you have a mission and you're not getting the, the desired response that you want, or even if they are responding, you're not getting that. So yes do find someone else within that company and and target and contact them. Awesome. And then um, in terms of, you know, do you have sample letters? Like, do we just start with a letter? Do we call? Do we go in person? Like, talk to us as if we have never, like, we want to do it. We've heard about it, but the process seems scary because, we're afraid to get shut down and we don't want to do or say the wrong thing. Like from start to finish, do we, what do we do? Okay. The the simplest way I would say, and this is going to be, this is going to sound so simple to be true. Right. But it really is one. You you get the understanding, right? You read it. This is how sponsorship works. You want to fill your your head with the know-how, right? That's with anything, right? You, you, but you're driving a car, you want to fill your head with the know-how. How do I, how do I work? So that's the first thing. And then after that, I say it starts, start to write your sponsorship proposal. Once you fill yourself with the know-how, it talks about targeting the right demographic and all of that, what information is put in your sponsorship proposal. You know it, and then you start, you start selling. No, understand sponsorship and just start, just start selling. Get your sponsorship uh, proposal ready. Give yourself sufficient time to contact sponsors and also start with 
if you are in a rush or start with your local, the local companies that are in your neighborhood, start with them because you already have a relationship with them. They know you, they know they can trust you. Now you're coming to them and saying, hey, I have some, you know, I have something of value to offer you in exchange for the money that you're asking for or for the um, product or services, because it's, sometimes it's not always about money. You might just need audiovisual equipment, or you might just need something, right? So um, you're providing value back to them. So I would say start local, give yourself sufficient time. And definitely you can walk into the office if it's in your neighborhood, but, you know, email, call, uh, you could do video calls if you want as well. You know, when you leave a, a message, one sponsor who I have, yeah, one one company right now I'm prospecting what I've done thus far. You know, I left emails and email messages. I gave them a, a private link to a YouTube video of me sharing the information with them. Um, those different strategies that you, you, you can tr- uh, try, but um Right now, it's just becoming the, like, no, I won't say the numbers game, but the more you, more companies you target, the better chart uh, chances you are. But the key is definitely at this point where we are right now is in the follow-up. Got you. So it sounds like persistence is key as well um, with the follow-up and being persistent. And um, you, it sounds like you kind of got to have some tough skin as well. You got to be able to receive a no. Um, you got to be able to not plead your case, but um, really make a strong argument for why the money should be awarded to your company or to your business. Um, so tell us then, um, like in, in, your own words, obviously. <laughs> um, but what would you, what would be like a parting encouragement to someone who has really, really done all they could to secure sponsors for events and have, have done so to no avail? Um, you know, how would you encourage that person that might be listening right now? That's a great question because that, that brings me to that question you asked me before is that don't. What what, was that don't? And the don't that I'll say is don't give up. And here is and here is why. If you're passionate about your event, if you know your event makes sense, right? And you know the value that it brings, just don't don't give up. People give up usually because they don't give themselves sufficient time, enough time to go after the sponsors. And it's, it's I, I get it. It's a lot, right? You, you have your own business, then you're planning the event to promote your business or to generate revenue. And then the other process comes with securing sponsors and it could be done. I, I did it, right? I was the solopreneur when I started in the late nineties. So I know it could be done today. You know, um, so those steps I, I would say is that one, I was passionate about the community I wanted to help. So that no, and coming from scales, from a background in sales, already built up my thick skin. So, but and I realized I learned in the process that sometimes no just mean means that listen, it's not the right time. Maybe you're targeting the wrong 
sponsor, maybe right. the information in your sponsorship proposal, it is, it has red flag, like donate, or you're not offering value. Sometimes we ask Brittany for a lot less and a sponsor, will be like, well, why are you only asking for 20 K and you, you know, I can see here that you need a lot more than this to make this event. Wow. So, right? so asking for too little can disqualify you. Asking for too little and asking for too much. Now, yeah. when you're asking for too little, for example, what I, what I see is that you're asking for 10K, but in reality, you need 20K or you're asking for 20K and in reality, you need 100K. Your event. So why are you only asking me for 20K? Where's the rest of money coming from? Right. And I'm right. And then if you're asking for too much, you're not quantifying it. So when I see that you're asking for too much and you're giving me less value, it's telling me that the concept is, is off. And the easy way, easiest way that I can put sponsorship is just a form of bartering. We're trading value for value. So I don't want to give you more and you give me back less. Right. right? So and, and and one more thing I would like to to add, and you know, this is not debatable to me, but my, my colleagues have said that you need to know what it is that the sponsor wants before you approach them. My thing is you have to know, you need to know what you have to offer before you approach the right sponsor. And so with that, what are some of the things that we can offer a sponsor? Like what, what are some of the things that would be of value to a corporate sponsor? Okay. It's, uh, your audience is number one, the, the relationship that you have. I'm going to look, I'm going to cheat. I'm going to look in my, in, in my book. <laughs> okay. sure. I'm going to cheat a little bit. If, because my book now is in the library now. Library doing this. <laughs> I'm library. Awesome. Um, so in here, I, um, we mentioned advertisement is is one. They're looking to be in front of their sponsor. Let me go look for some common benefits that just off the top of the head, off the top of my head, I should say. They're looking for sales for sure. That's another thing, right? Things we just they sell. They're looking for uh, exposure. So let's say, um, Brittany, you have access to an audience that a celebrity, let's say, um, that they want access to. If this is, let's say, it's a local company, it could be a national, but let's say it's a, a local um, company that wants access to uh, that celebrity that you have, then you can, then you can bring them in as a sponsor so that they can have access to that celebrity. They could take pictures with the celebrity. They could put it in their storefront. They could put it on their website. It adds value to whatever right. it is that they're doing. And women, we are very smart, very strategic. Men are as well, but I'm just saying we could come up with a lot of great ideas of how we can return value to our sponsors, especially local sponsors, right? So um, exposure, community relation is another thing with huge brands. They are so far away, spaced out from the community that they are targeting that um, you are engaged or you have more influence over that community than they do. Then you would leverage that as a 
as a as a benefit to the sponsor. Right, right. I have this relationship with this community as I did with Tommy Hilfiger and you want to bring this message or you want to reconnect or connect with this uh, with your target audience as well. We have the same, obviously. Um, here is an opportunity to do so. Um, so that's one, community relation. I have um, speaking engagement. Yeah. I'm taking it all. Got you. Got you. No, that's that's awesome. That's awesome. So, I mean, we're definitely going to encourage people to get the book. Um, So, we'll we'll land the plane here. Is you mentioned the Tommy Hilfiger sponsorship? Is that your your most successful sponsorship, or like, tell us about your your biggest success story? Oh my gosh, all of them are my biggest success (laughs) story because um, I've helped them connect with their demographic in such a way that they weren't able to do so. Tommy Hilfiger's story, it just stands out because it wasn't about the money. A lot of people think that you only are able to, or you only should return profit in the sense of of monetary profit to the sponsor. But sometimes, Brittany, you could be saving um, a sponsor from going out of business. Um, You can be, you could change their image. So, Tommy has figured right. this one of will always be, I, I believe, um, my bigger, my bigger, my biggest, hmm, I don't want to say biggest, but my most memorable, maybe sure. sponsorship story, because again, of the sponsorship changing the brands the brand's perceptions within the community that Tommy right. Hilfiger was targeting. Gotcha. Um, we have some others. Let's see who else. Well, Adidas, I enjoyed Adidas. Um, local sponsors, what I did with one of the record label, they specialized in, um, they specialized in, like they targeted a reggae community. That's who they were targeting. Whereas, uh, reggae musicians, people who you know what's into yeah. the reggae that that genre. My audience, same thing, music, but was hip hop, right? That was my audience, so I used that sponsorship to cross that sponsor over from the reggae genre into the hip hop genre. So, I mean, there there are many benefits which actually increase their revenue because now they're getting money from. Already, they already captured that. So I had nothing to do with that. But what I did have something to do with was bringing them into the hip hop market where they can make more money with studio sessions and whatever else that they did. They used their sponsorship for. Awesome. Awesome. So that that is this is so good. Um, so, so good. Can you tell us where to get your book um, and where we can find you online so we can connect? Absolutely. As I mentioned, if you are in the United States and, you know, you just want to browse through the book, go to your local library or go online to the library online and you can get it there. Or you, if you're ready to start reading, um, you can get it as an ebook and as in print at eventsandsponsors.com. And that's www.eventsandsponsors.com. Uh, Brittany, and then you can find me on Facebook. Brittany, that's where we met, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, Facebook, and um, I'm also on LinkedIn. Awesome. 
Awesome, awesome, awesome. Roberta, thank you so much for taking time to share your expertise with us. Um, very, very great information, you know, as, as someone who um, is on many events teams and, you know, this is always a sore spot. It's always a sore spot because we just don't know what we don't know, you know? So yeah, definitely, definitely going to uh, refer this book to all the event planning people that I know. Um, and, you know, I'm a creative, right? So my brain is just running with like ideas on how we could, you know, take this information and apply it. So thank you for joining us on the show. Ladies, make sure you leave a review, a comment, something to let Roberta know that she is killing the game and that we are so grateful for her expertise and her time. Um, and listen, if you enjoyed today's episode, visit us again next Tuesday for another learning working episode of the Brittany Smith podcast. Bye. Thanks for tuning in today. Be sure to leave a comment and then share this episode with another amazing lady who needs to hear today's show. Yes, girl, I'm serious. Just send her the link and say, girl, listen to this. Want to hang out with me every day? Head over to Facebook and join the Female Coaches, Consultants, and Content Creators group on Facebook. Or you can join my mailing list in the links below this episode. Girl, I enjoyed our conversation. Stay amazing and remember, you are loved, you are needed, and nobody, I repeat, Nobody can do what you do the way you do it. See you next time on the Britney Smith Podcast.